Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. Before we get into today's episode with Randall Slavin, I wanted to tell you about a new image transfer tool I've been using lately called PickDrop. PickDrop's a really great tool for whenever you need to send off your files to your clients or whoever you're working with. You can create private galleries, different folders for whatever various assignments you're working on. And your clients can actually write notes on the photos you sent to them and rate them. It's just a really easy way to keep yourself organized and keep everything in one spot. Um, I've been using it for a few months now and uh, I can't say enough about it. It's just kind of helped me like streamline my workflow for years, I was using like Dropbox and WeTransfer and things like that. But with PicDrop, it was actually designed by photographers, so they really understand what photographers need. And like I said, it's just really kind of helped me keep myself organized and uh, can't say enough about it. And with today's podcast, actually, if you enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER, when you sign up at PicDrop.com, you're going to get three months free of the PicDrop image transfer tool. Um, so definitely go check it out and let me know what you guys think. And remember to enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER and you'll get three months free when you sign up at PicDrop.com. Without further ado, we'll get into the Randall Slavin interview. Thanks. Welcome back to the Photo Banter Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gagne, and on today's podcast, I speak with photographer Randall Slavin. Randall has worked with clients such as Vanity Fair, GQ, Rolling Stone, and Esquire, to name a few. In this interview, I speak to Randall about how he went from a career in acting to pursuing photography full-time. I also speak to Randall about his approach to portraiture, as well as his experience photographing legendary actor Dennis Hopper. Randall is a photographer with a wealth of knowledge and experience, so I was really excited to get a chance to speak with him about his photography career and everything that he's uh, worked on over the course of his photography career. Um, So I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks so much for listening, and take care. All right, well, Randall Slavin, uh, welcome to the podcast, man. Um, How you doing today? Thank you. Pretty good, pretty good. Today's my birthday. So, oh, damn. You know, Happy birthday, figured, man. Thank you. I figured no better way to spend my birthday than uh, with your podcast. <laughs> All right, man. I think you might be the first birthday podcast, so we're, we'll kick it off, man. Uh, good. I like to be the first at things. That's good, man. I I know setting this up, we were talking. I think you kind of been on the road for a little while. Uh, where you been traveling yeah. to? What you been up to? Uh, I was just doing a little vacation. Went out, went to Bali with my fiance. Um and uh that's about it nice man you know, how, just, how, just, how how was it out there that seems like bali seems like it's like the popping spot these days lately i hear a lot of people it does seem like the popping spot but i i was a bit uh disappointed by it really i would not go back i would love to go back if i was shooting something because shooting would be beautiful but as a vacation spot it's a long way to go <laughs> it is a long way to go yeah man you live in la you can just go to malibu or something Exactly. Or I can go to Mexico, which is about 15 hours closer. And, uh, you know, but it was nice. My my girl wanted to go to Bali, so we yeah, did it. That's and cool. uh, That's cool, man. Um, there you go. I guess to kind of... But start, now I'm back. Now I'm back to the grind. That's right, man. Get back to work, Randall. Um, but I guess to start off, I was kind of curious, like, where you grew up and, like, how you kind of got into photography initially. Oh, I grew up in uh, L.A. You know, I was born in Hollywood. And, um, I, uh, 
you know, I was, uh, you know, a struggling actor, you know, kicking around LA in my like early twenties, but I wasn't really working or anything like that. And I, uh, I was working at a gas station, uh, across the street from a photo studio. I was pumping gas at a Chevron station in Hollywood and, uh, right across from the Chevron station was uh, an actor's headshot studio. Mm-hmm. And it was all sorts of like really hot girls coming in and out of the headshot place you know, not coming in and out of the Chevron station. So, you know, I went over there and started talking to the owner and stuff like that. And he ended up shooting pictures of me. And then uh, we got along really well. And he's like, have you ever thought of being a photographer? And and I was like, no, not really. But, you know, I, I can draw. I think I'd, you know, I think I'd be good at it. Mm. I think I have a good eye for things. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'll never forget. I remember he said, he goes, I said, I don't know anything about like, f-stop or anything like that and he goes he goes oh that's the easy part you know that's just like that's numbers and stuff what i can't teach is if someone has a good eye Mm. you know that's what i can't teach but i said oh i think you know i think i can so i he gave me a little tryout and uh ended up working for him for a few months shooting actors headshots and then he fired me and then i you know, I was never really wanting to be a photographer. I was still like wanting to be an actor, but I was just doing photography to make money because yeah. it was easy. But, but, you know, I look back now, I, it was like, you know, it was, everything was coming to me photography wise and nothing was coming to me uh, actor wise. I should have sort of listened to what the universe was telling me, Yeah. you know, and I certainly was not. And it took me many years before I realized to listen, to listen to the universe. And, uh, and it took me a long time to realize that, wait a minute, everything is pointing towards photography. Yeah. You feel like you're, it was almost like, uh, cause I know I think I've had this problem before. You almost get like stubborn to a point. Like you had your mindset on being an actor. Was it 100%? Exactly. I felt, I felt like I had ambition blinders. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like I was like, no, this is what I'm doing and nothing's going to stray me from my path. Yeah. No matter if the entire fucking universe is pushing you saying, dude, this ain't working over here. Yeah. But I was like, but there was a bit of a stubbornness and a bit of a, no, I put in so much time. I'm so close, you know, because I worked a bit as an actor and stuff and I did things, but like, um, but yeah, it was, there was a lot of stubbornness and, and a lot of like, but I put so much time into this. How do I abandon it? Mm. And, um, and then I just had this, but you know, the more I worked as an actor, the less I enjoyed it. That right. was a very interesting thing. Interesting. And Why do you think that the, was? The, well, because I think like a lot of things in life, when they're far off in the distance, you think they're going to be something. And the closer you get to them, you see the reality of it. And, and that's, that was the thing is like the closer I, like, that's how I was like, Oh, I don't know if this is really what I want to do. Mm. Uh, and that was sort of a hard, uh, realization. Mm. Um, but then I had sort of like an epiphany one moment, um, when I was, uh, I was walking home and I walked past a gallery in Los Angeles called the Fahey Klein gallery. Oh yeah. Legendary. And they were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably the best pure photo gallery in the country, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were doing a Peter Beard exhibit and I didn't know who Peter Beard was or anything about that. And, uh, 
I walked in. I didn't, I'd never been in the gallery, but I lived around the corner from it. And I walked in and I was like, oh my God, this is, and I was like, this is what I want to do. I think, you know, I was like, this is what I want to do. And And that was it. And then I, how old were you at this point? Fuck. I think I was 30. Okay. So you got in a little later. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was 30 and I, you know, like you say that I beat myself up over that for a long time thinking like, Oh man, why didn't I get into this at 20? Why didn't I, <laughs> but you know, you, you, you do it when you do it. Exactly. You I, know? I think like, I always, I talk to my brother about this all the time. People are like, mm-hmm. I'm like this age. So like, I can't do that. It's like, fuck no, man, you can do whatever the fuck you want until you're dead. Like if you want to go back to college and be a lawyer when you're fucking 65, right. fucking have at yeah. it, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, you, yeah, I mean, I, I felt that, but, you know, I can look back now years later and realize, oh, those years I put in as an actor yeah. gave me a lot of benefits when I wanted to be a photographer because I knew a lot of actors. I knew a lot of sort of well-known faces. So it helped me break into the celebrity world a lot sooner because I, you know, with celebrity photography, no one, they're always like, well, who else have you shot? So yeah. I had already shot sort of well-known people. Yeah. So I definitely had a leg up. Yeah. Is, so, you know, and everything happens, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and sure, do I wish I'd started at 20? Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. A lot of things I wish I'd done at 20, but I didn't, so. Yeah. Do you and f- things have worked out okay. Definitely, man. Um, do you feel like there's, like, any skill you learned, like, being an actor that's, like, you've been able to apply being a photographer? Cool. I, I would imagine, because, like, when you're working on these bigger sets, advertising, does it almost feel like sometimes, like, you're almost, like, when you're dealing with clients and these big sets and you're the guy... And everyone's looking for you. Well, is it almost like kind of a performance in a sense? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. I tell you how I feel. It's benefited me. It's benefited me um, because I've had my picture taken. I know what it's like on the other side, and I can sort of tell when someone's uncomfortable or when someone's something's not working. Or that yeah. that's definitely come into play. Yeah. Like I think I have a better understanding of being on the other side of the camera. Mm. Secondly, but more importantly, I think being an actor, and I was probably an actor for like 10 years or so, I was pretty used to the rejection side of not getting work and uh, um, all those things. But But the biggest benefit for me, I think, is when you have meetings with people and editors and you have to walk into someone's room or something like that, I'm... I. I used to do this audition. So I, so I don't have any problems like going into a meeting. It's helped a lot in that sense. Cause I think, I think a lot of photographers aren't really good socially. Like that part of their craft is not fine tuned because I, I think a lot of photographers pick up a camera because they're shy or they, they don't know how to relate to people so they have this thing which they can sort of hide behind yeah and but still be a part of something but they're a little removed Mm -hmm. and so i think um because i was an actor for so long i didn't have that yeah um that hurdle like i was very good like just walking in if i had to meet with an agent or meeting with editors or something like that i think i was pretty good at that Mm. yeah you can just talk um yeah yeah just be able to walk into a room and be able to like 
charm or talk or any of those things. It's honestly an important thing. Like a lot of, not every photographer, but like a lot of photographers when I was assisting coming up, like the most successful guys were like the guys that were like, like you said, like they're very personable and like people want to be, mm -hmm. they kind of draw people to them. Obviously they're good, mm -hmm. they're good photographers, but I think well, when I look at the bonuses, yeah. like they're personable. Well, the truth is at a certain point, you all can do the job. Yep. You know, at, when you get to a certain level, you all can do the job. But what the important thing that people don't understand, and this is a huge fucking thing yep. when, when you're starting out, is people are going to hire who they want to hang out with. Definitely. At a certain level. They're like, you can all do the job, but who am I gonna, who's going to be a pain in the ass? Who do I like hanging out with? Who's not going to be a pain in the ass? Who's going to be easy in the post-production world? You know, and a lot of it is like, if I'm going away on a job for three days, I, I want to be with someone I like hanging out with. Yep. It's not just about taking great pictures at a certain point. It's about who do people want to hang out with. Mm -hmm. And if you're not a nice person or you're awkward or weird, any of those things, you know, it, it's, it's people hire who they want to hang out with. Yeah, definitely. And uh, one more question on the acting because I was I was looking at yeah. I was looking at your site and in one of the videos you were talking about were you in Saved by the Bell at one point? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was. Yeah, What was that? Ex <laughs> what is that experience like? That's such a legendary show. Oh, I did a lot of legendary '90s television and stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was delightful. You know, there's some people. You know. Uh, yeah, you know, like when you're a young actor in the 90s, you know, like Saved by the Bell was like, you know, she, the casting director, this woman named Robin Lippin gave like every young actor their first break because it was this stupid little show that if you didn't have any credits, you could get a little part on and stuff yeah. like that. So there's so many of us who got our first jobs there. That's awesome. And, uh, but it was fun. It was, I was nervous as shit. And, uh, you know, there's a couple of people on that show who, you know, I'm still friends with to this day, which is hysterical many yeah. years later. Yeah. You yeah. know, but yeah, yeah. Say by the bell, buddy. That yeah. was me. Joe, well, the, Joe, the greaser was oh, my character. Oh, damn. I'm going to YouTube this now, man. I got to, I'm going to go back in the files and find you on this show. Um, yeah, it was, it was a episode. Uh, I still get residual checks for it. So damn, you can find it. You can find that shit online. That's awesome, man. Did yeah. you, what do you have a you favorite? Can... Did you have a favorite experience acting like any of the jobs? I know you say you kind of got sick of it, but when you look back at your experience doing that, was there anything kind of you enjoyed? Oh yeah. I mean, I was fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. You know, looking back now, it's, it's sort of fun, but I got to spend some time with some legendary actors and that was really cool. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, yeah, you know, I got to, I got to sit and watch legendary actors and, yeah. and, uh, you know, it was my first time ever. I remember like I was doing a job in Canada and they said, Oh, you got to go to the office, get your per diem. And I'm like, what's a per diem? And they're like, Oh, we give you money. I was like, what? You give me money? They're like, yeah, to spend. And, and I was like, really? Yeah. So, you know, it was, yeah, it was great. It was great. That's cool. You know, for a long time, I was very like embarrassed of my, previous life but oh, it's i think those, it, those i think days. it's i think it's an interesting component I, I really respect any anybody who can make the the, the turn and do something different it's kind of mm -hmm. whatever you've done before you kind of build on it i think it's really interesting that's how i kind of why i asked about it but i guess once you kind of like you said you went to that show at uh the the gallery and that uh -huh. you, you had the epiphany 
once you kind of decided you wanted to start focusing on photography, like what kind of stuff uh-huh. were you shooting initially? Well, you know, like, like everybody who I think starts, um, you know, you just, you, you know, I, 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 I always loved, um, like fashion stuff, but I was always obsessed with actors and portraits of actors and stuff like that. So I always wanted to shoot actors. Like I was always into shooting like actors and musicians and things like that. But when I first started, you know, I had friends who were models. So they introduced me to the modeling agency and I did a bunch of testing. I mean, brutal, terrible, terrible tests. And, but you know, you're learning, you know, you're, you're trying to figure shit out and you, I would like, you know, when, you know, whenever you're trying to learn something, you're just sort of absorbing everything. And I would, I was all over the place. I'd be really into certain photographers. So I'd try to shoot like that. And then I'd be into a different photographer. So I'd try to shoot like, like them and yeah. all over the place, you know, but you're trying to find your own yeah. voice yeah. and, uh, and hopefully sooner, you know, and I, re- you know, I realized certain that certain things I'm not good at and certain things I'm better at. And so you, you just sort of fine tune what your eye is and uh mm. um and you know but i just did a lot of testing of friends and models and i know like i said i was fortunate i had a lot of friends who were actors who were sort of well known so i could steal them and shoot pictures of them and um and you know that's that's mostly what i was shooting i was just i was doing a lot of you know like you know it's funny it's like everybody when they're starting shoot the same fucking thing pretty much. Yeah. You know, they shoot either like hot girls or they, they, you know, get some divey shitty motel rooms and they (laughs) shoot in there, you know, uh, they'll do like hot girl in a bathroom, um, hot girl with like makeup running down her face. You know, we all think these are like these amazing original ideas until you get older and realize, Oh, we all did that. Go shoot at the um, LA, go shoot at the LA river where all the cement. Oh, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Every, we, yeah. I, everyone just, yeah. I used to do a lot of that, you know, railroad tracks, a lot of railroad tracks, yeah. you know, stuff like that, you know, but everyone goes to the same phases and you know, I did all of that. I did all of that. No, you build on it. Is, mm. what's it like growing up in Hollywood? It seems like an interesting place to grow up because it's a place where people from around the world move there because they all either want to be actors or a lot of people want to be in the entertainment business. Uh, what's, it, what's it like growing up there? This seems like such an interesting place to grow up, I guess. Hmm. Well, you know, I didn't really grow up here. I was born here and then we moved a little south of here to Long Beach. So I grew up like, I mean, most of my life was spent down Long Beach, like 30, 35 miles south of here. I had family and stuff up here, but yeah, yeah, no, it's interesting. And I guess once you kind of started testing, you're you're kind of building your Mm -hmm. portfolio, what kind of Mm -hmm. some of the first assignments you got, were you kind of shooting editorial or how did you kind of start making money doing this? How did I start? Well, you know, like I, um, like, you know, like I was very fortunate and, and I remember, you know, like I think my very first assignment, you know, it's a very funny thing, how things happen. And that's, that's like advice I would give people. It's like, you gotta just shoot and you never know what you're shooting will turn into something. When you're starting out, you just got to shoot. And, and, you know, and I was doing headshots and I was doing, thousands of people's headshots on my own, you know? Yeah. And, um, I shot this woman calls me and I'd shoot anyone. You called me and said that you had 200 bucks. I would shoot anything. Yeah. And, 
they, she was like, Hey, I'm getting married. And, uh, uh, I need like a wedding announcement for the newspaper. So me and my husband can come over and you can, and I was like, sure, whatever. So they came over, we shot the pictures. And then like a couple months later, she calls me and she goes, Hey, do you remember me? And I was like, yeah, of course. She goes, well, I'm the fashion editor at the New York times magazine. I was like, Oh, cool. She goes, and you know, we have this thing coming up in LA and I didn't know if it'd be something you'd be interested in shooting. It's just this one picture, but it's this kid. He's still in high school. He's this designer and he's got this one dress he made that everyone's really obsessed with. And we want to do a story on this kid in this dress and it's going to be in LA and will you shoot it? Mm. And we'll, we'll give you like 200 bucks. And I was like, fuck yeah. You know, New York times is great. <laughs> you know? So, and, uh, so they shipped the one dress out here and we did, and it was this kid named Zach Posen who had still in high school at the time. And it was this one dress he had made. And, and that was my first, I guess, like official assignment mm. was that, but you know, like you never know, you never know. I shot this woman's, uh, wedding announcement. Elizabeth Stewart is the woman. And, uh, it turns out that she's the fashion editor for the New York times. I mean, I didn't know that at the time, but you just sort of shoot when the world takes you where it's supposed to. Mm. And I did that. And then, and, and then like once I really dedicated to, um, being a photographer, I was very fortunate that, uh, hold on. My, my dog's freaking out right now. Yeah, no worries. Um, I was very fortunate that, uh, like I, I was friends with an actress, Charlize Theron, and she'd sort of blown up and she had this thing for in style magazine mm -hmm. where she was going to go bring a bunch of her friends down to Africa where she's from. And in style, we were, all her friends were going to go on safari and in style wanted to send a photographer down to shoot it. Mm. And she was like, well, I don't want to hang out for like a week with some, photographer i don't know yep. she goes you know my friend randall's a photographer he'll just shoot it <laughs> so awesome so you know she sort of gave me my first and it ended up being like a you know seven eight page thing and in style and they paid me a lot and and you know so that was sort of this really cool so like i like saying i was very fortunate in the fact that i had a friend who was an actress who was doing really well who could sort of give me mm. my break you know what? give me certain like benefits was that like, do you remember? Cause that's, was that kind of basically like your big, big first job? Like, do you remember being, were you kind of, oh, yeah. were, you, were you nervous going into that? Were you excited? What do you kind of remember about shooting that first big like feature, I guess? Well, I, I remember I didn't really, I, you know, I didn't know fuck all. <laughs> I mean, I had, I had like one lens, which was like not the one. If you only have one lens, this is not the one lens you want. <laughs> you know, I had like, um, it was a 180, yep. which is, you know, not the one lens you want, mm -hmm. um, which is a nice, like, big portrait lens. But um, I had, like, you know, one lens. And, you know, it, I, you know, the pictures now, they were fine. They were great. They ran all over the world. InStyle ran them forever and different issues and stuff. Mm. And it's great. But, you know, like, I didn't know... I didn't know shit, but I knew enough, I guess, because it worked and it was my first sort of big, like it's a big national magazine and, mm -hmm. you know, 
I think um, I think it's almost like cool sometimes. Like there's like photographers, younger photographers out there who don't know as much and aren't like almost like you can get really interesting pictures at the beginning of your career. I think because you haven't like followed like PDN for ten years and followed <laughs> communication arts, and you don't have this like thing in the back of your head of like what everyone else is doing. You know what I mean? Because so I think mm-hmm. sometimes like a lot of the coolest work even today are like these younger photographers that don't have like the haven't been around as long so sometimes the interesting pictures i feel like are almost like almost at the beginning of your what? Ca- career you know what i mean well, well yeah i do definitely think there might be something to this idea of the energy of you know not knowing anything mm-hmm. helps you know this energy because you know you can get a little and i've been the victim of it i've definitely been the victim of as you get um more established or a little better uh just more skilled you get better you sort of can rely a little too much but i think it's i think it goes with everything i think you can look you know that's what people like to say about bands oh man i really love their first two records yep you know or or actors oh i really like you know i think every arts you get better at stuff Mm -hmm. and some you lose maybe you lose some sort of a little energy, a little some, some wildness. Some, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But I think, uh, you know, I definitely became that way. Unless I, I tried to stop it a couple of years ago, but my work became a little too reliant on, oh, I had a great team and it was great lighting and it was great retouching and it was very mm-hmm. polished. Yep. It was very polished and I was very proud of that because I would look at him and be like, fuck, man, that guy knows how to shoot a fucking picture. <laughs> he's got, he's As got, opposed to, yeah. you know, I'd be like, wow, that's a real fucking picture. Yep. But, you know, but I was missing the sort of energy that I liked about photography when I first started, which yep. was about relationships with people and connecting with a subject. So that's why I really sort of pared things down. And I was like, oh, I want to go the complete opposite. And I want to have no assistant and like two lights and just make it about me and the person, yeah. which is a very different thing than I'd done for the last, you know, like 10 years or so. Yeah, no, it's, in, it's interesting. So, it's like, it's almost like chapters of your like photography career. It's like sometimes oh, very much it's, so. it's fun to like, it's fun to play with all the toys sometimes, like have all the mm-hmm. lights, have all the shit. But then like you say, it's mm-hmm. like, it, but then you kind of sometimes take a step back and pare it down. Um, Cause like something I always ask people is like, is like style and aesthetic is that like something you think about a lot when you're shooting? Um, did it kind of take you a while to kind of find your voice as a photographer, you think? Um, yeah, I think so. Cause you, you find it when you just shoot and shoot and shoot and it'll, it'll sort of show itself, yeah. you know, your style, you start out copying people and then eventually your style reveals itself. Yeah. And, um, but I also think that you need to keep reinventing that. Because I know great photographers who, when I first started, were fucking legends that you don't see anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, because, and the the ones who really transcended the Mario Sorrentis, the uh, Annie Leibovitzes, and they constantly evolved. The only one I can really think of who started with one look and has kept it and is really like still the top of his game is like Peter Lindbergh, who I think is the, one of the Kings. Yeah. He's really kept one look. Yeah. The black and, and he hasn't really, 
this black and white gritty, no retouching, you know, no retouching in it. But it, he's somehow been able to not really alter it. But I think, you know, I, I had a look that was going, but it got a little stale and it got, it did, you know, the truth is for me, it wasn't as much fucking fun. I wasn't having as much fun shooting. Mm -hmm. And that was really important to me. I, I was like, I'm not, I'm not enjoying this. I like working and I like taking pictures, but I'm not actually having fun doing it and connecting with people. And, and that was important. So I, I was like, I mean, I need to get back to fun. Yeah, for sure. You know, cause like what, like when you look at your work, obviously you do a lot of different mm -hmm. things. You do, you do a lot of celebrity work, but then you'll do like some advertising stuff. You have some really mm -hmm. interesting kind of like photo documentary type style portrait projects. Um, what, what kind yeah. of, what, what, what kind of assignments or projects kind of pique your interest most? Like what kind of, what kind of gets you excited these days about photography? I'll tell you what gets me excited right now. Like right now I'm really into shooting, um, interesting characters. Mm. You know, it's funny. I, 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 I've been shooting a lot of athletes lately, yep. which I never used. I, I very rarely shot athletes mm. and I really, I'd really been digging shooting athletes lately, but what it really excites me is shooting, you know, like I shot just interesting faces and older people like, you know, like I've done so much in my younger days about like, beautiful women and really good looking guys and actors and all these sort of things that like, you know, shooting, like I just shot, uh, this 84 year old former pro golfer, this guy named Lee elder oh, yeah. legend. He just, uh, you know, he was the first black guy to ever, uh, golf the masters, mm -hmm. you know, and things like that. Like this guy, who's really lived a life. You know, I just shot Bill Russell, the former Celtic legend, Damn. you know, the 83 years old, you know, those things really excite me right now. That guy's, you know, I just, shot, that guy's fucking tall. <laughs> that guy is so big. He's, he's still very tall. <laughs> yeah. He's very tall. Yeah. Um, but things like that really excite me right now. Like, uh, you know, like I've met, in, in the course of my life, I randomly met this uh, safe cracker. He's on my website, actually. Mm -hmm. You know, and he's just this really interesting character who's a safe cracker, which is a very different thing than a locksmith. Yep. And I just found his look interesting, his story interesting. So he came over, I did a portrait of him. Like, things like that really excite me um, much more than just, oh, you know, hey, there's this actress. She's on this new CW show. Yeah. You know, yeah, I would that's imagine. where I'm at. I never like really. I never shot celebrities, so I, I, like, is there a big difference the approach you have to photographing like a celebrity, an actress, or actor, or whatever it might be versus? Well, I'll tell you the difference. Yeah. I'll tell you the difference because there is a huge difference when when you're shooting. If I'm shooting a model, or if I'm shooting, you know, the safe cracker or something like that. Yep. I'm the boss. Mm -hmm. They they do what I want them to do. Yeah. They if you know a model is going to wear what I want them to wear, you know they're going to do what I want them to do. A celebrity, they're the boss, and they're not going to do whatever. If they don't want to do it, they're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. If they don't want to wear it, they're not going to wear it. Because because the reality is, is they hired you for the job pretty much. Like they had you got approved by them. Yep. So it, it completely changes the dynamic of, you know, the, the, the actor, the celebrity will tell you how long they're going to be there at the shoot. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like, you have this amount of time, 
you know, it's just the, the power dynamic shifts from you to them. Yeah. Do you, so you're sort of a little more of a hired gun. Do you find like the longer you've done this, because like looking at your website, your portfolio is pretty deep and the type of people you photographed, like really famous actors and stuff. Do you get like any respect for like how long you've been doing it? Or is it still just a battle each time when you're working on these celebrities? I mean, it's, 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 it's not, I wouldn't say it's ever like a battle, but yeah. it's definitely, um, you know, like, did you ever see, yeah, yeah, you know, it's, no, it never changes. Mm. It never changes. The other thing is, you know, like nobody, no matter how famous they are, nobody likes getting their picture taken. Yeah. It's, so everyone wants it over really fucking quickly. Yeah. And nobody likes the process. Yeah. It's I a, don't like getting my picture taken. Yeah. I mean, I, but most big actors, like, they understand it's part of the game. So they're like, all right, let's just do this. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they, they uh, accept it as part of the process, yep. but nobody likes it. Mm. You know, like I've shot Mark Wahlberg, uh, I think three times now. And the last time I saw, I saw him, I was shooting him for something. And, you know, they say, oh, you've got like an hour yep. to shoot a cover and an inside story, which is not a lot of time. Mm-hmm. You know, but, you know, Mark walked in, and first thing he said to me, he goes, ah, Mr. Quick. <laughs> That's good. Because <laughs> he knows that I'm, I'm not going to, you know, someone like Mark is like, Mark's all business. He's a great guy, but he's all business. And he's like, he doesn't want to fuck around. He's not, he doesn't have all day. And he's like, so, you know, you, you, shooting celebrities, it's like, you got to get the shit done. Mm-hmm. You got to, like, you yeah. don't have a lot of time. No, it's, and it's people, it. It's interesting, and is like part of your job. This is like I'm always interested, like because yeah. all the all these celebrity people have like PR teams and PR people that yeah. work with them. Are you mm-hmm. are are you like in tune with that side of the business? Are you like keeping up relationships with all these PR people so that you're like on their radar if they want to hire a photographer? Is that even not even part of like being? A... No, that's definitely a part of it. That's definitely a part of it. You got it. You know, I mean, they are the PR team, the publicists, and they they're the gatekeepers yeah. if they don't like you you don't work yeah yeah if you you know it's tough because you you, you know it, it, they are the ones who will if, if a magazine says oh we want to shoot ryan gosling for this mm-hmm. the publicist says all right send me you know three names three photographers and they get to pick who it is yeah. so if that publicist doesn't like you you ain't working. Got it. But it's also that other thing of like, you don't want to be a complete uh, pushover and not stand up for what you, your vision is or what you want. Mm-hmm. It's sort of this fine line of like, I want to be agreeable and I want you to realize that I understand what the relationship is, but I don't want to just be like, okay, whatever you guys want to do, I'll do. Yeah. You know, cause uh, they will always want the, the photo of least controversy. Yeah, is that is the that PR, is that something you've always been good at? Like, have you always had that confidence in like communicating your ideas to these people, or is it something you feel like you well, you got be- better at? Well, I also at? think I'm not I'm not Terry Richardson. I'm not like uh, you know David Lechapel who's really going to push this outrageous envelope. Yeah, you know. So they also maybe like sometimes in my early shots might have the women might have been a little sexier than a publicist wants, but you know that's a young man's problem. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But like, but yeah, you know, I've never been like, 
you know, there's been a couple times where I've proposed an idea where a publicist has been like, not on your life. Yep. We're not doing that. Yep. Next. Yeah. But mostly not. But, you know, they've got to, you know, you got to get them on board because if they're not on board, you're not working. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you I was, know? I was, so you do have to keep up a relationship with them and, yep. you know. Yeah. It's just part of the business. Cause like I was mm-hmm. looking at this one series of photos on your website, the Zoe Saldana. They're like, really... oh, yeah. Well, that, that's probably the edgiest shoot on there yeah i was curious like what was that for and like how because it yeah they're pretty intense like it's like like bondage stuff and like one is like it's super intense yeah like what was, um, what was that for <laughs> well that actually is a whole interesting different story like i had worked with zoe a few times um one of my favorite 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 people to shoot and i'd worked with zoe a few times over the years and she called me up and she's like hey i have this idea of something I want to do. Um, Cause I think she was wanting to make a movie or a short film or something. Mm. And she's like, so I'm going to sort I want to do like a little, I want to do a, like a photo shoot. I think that would be part of like, show people what the movie would look like or something. So it was sort of an idea she had based on a story she had. So that was all her idea. Like, I want to do, you know, it's about a man and a woman and then her character and something. I don't really know the whole story, but she had these sort of little scenes that she wanted to do. Yeah. So that was her thing. And uh, I don't think her publicist had anything to do with it. Because if the publicist had anything to do with it, I guarantee you, we wouldn't do a picture with, uh, you know, her on all fours with a saddle on her back, <laughs> which is a complete is a complete copy of a famous Helmut Newton picture. We mm-hmm. all know that. Mm-hmm. We all know that, but yeah, there's like, she's, she's getting choked in one shot and there's like, she's wrapped up in chains and there's another woman, which it's a bit like, is she a prostitute? Is there like a threesome thing going on? Yeah. 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 They're they're really interesting. So basically she was the client. Like that was all her idea. She was, she was the client. She paid for everything and I did, I didn't get paid for, I did it as, you know, like, because she asked me and I was flattered. Yeah, definitely. You know, I was flattered that. Yeah. You know, and I just adore taking pictures of her. Yeah. Um, what, what's, what's yeah that? What's like the mood on a set like that? Is it like it's because when you as a viewer, someone who doesn't, only thing I see is the final product. But when you're making mm-hmm. that, is it like a easygoing set? Is it tense? Like yeah, yeah. No, no, it's it's pretty much just like everything. All right. Yeah. There's no, no there's no more. Uh, it's no more intense than any other. All right. Yeah, no, it's it's, um, it's always interesting. Like, I'm always curious about how photographers like approach, uh, like, how, like if you're photographing someone doing a portrait session, like, are you someone? Do you talk to your subjects a lot, or do you kind of this let them? I I talk to my subjects a lot. Okay, a lot. Like mm-hmm. I talk and talk, and like I will be shooting, and I'll just sort of put the camera aside and just sort of talk. Cause I want to get that person to not think about getting their picture taken. Yeah. So the more I can get them out of their head and, and also that's also the benefit of shooting digitally. Yeah. Whereas it doesn't cost anything. If I'm just shooting away and they're talking and I know it's all garbage, but it's getting them not thinking about getting their picture taken. It's worth it. Whereas that's something you couldn't do if you were shooting, you know, medium format film because it would be a fortune. Yeah, for sure. But like, um, but yeah, I talk a lot during the shoot and, but I also, me talking is 
what I've realized is I've gotten older and you sort of look back on your, your, your life and what you're doing is my whole photography thing is just a desire to connect with people yep. and to get to know people and to find some sort of a bond with people. So like if I'm shooting, I don't know who's someone I shot recently. Um, you know, I shot Caitlyn Jenner recently, mm-hmm. you know, like, I look at that as like, okay, I've got time to actually sit and talk with Caitlyn Jenner. Yep. I want to sort of, I want to leave that little exchange with some sort of a connection or some sort of, some sort of a moment with her, mm-hmm. you know? So I talk partly be, to get them out of their head to just get them connecting with me. Yeah. But it's really just because I want to like, I want to, I want to, you know, mm. I want to know these things. I want to connect with this person. The, the photography is just the sort of icing on the cake. Yeah. It's the of connection. It's like the, it's the experience. Correct. Yeah, Correct. For sure. Correct. And are you, are you, you some, are you someone that does a lot of research on, on subjects or do you kind of go into it blind? Like, um, cause I, know I, it, I do a, I do a little bit of research on somebody if I, but I'm a pretty deep, like pop culture savant, Mm -hmm. you know, I, so like, but if there's someone like, I don't have any idea, like I don't, I'm not a big sports person. I like my Dodgers and I, I like boxers, but I don't really know anything about basketball players or football players or anything like that. So if I have something like that, like I'll do some research because I want to find a little piece of something that I can connect with that person on, you know, like I want to find something that I can bring up on a shoot as I'm shooting them. That will spark a conversation that will spark a real true exchange. Um, you know, uh, so I'll do a little bit of research if I know absolutely nothing about these people, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, for sure. Usually I'll know some, you know, like, 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 I had I, I was shooting a few years ago. I shot Michael J. Fox, yep. and I I knew through research that Michael J. Fox was a big guitar player and had always played guitar and loved rock and roll and all that sort of stuff. So I brought that up with him. I we early on in our shoot, I said something about um, who's the best guitar player you ever saw live, mm. you know, and which I just find is a fascinating conversation anyway. Yeah. And we, we spent the entire day talking about guitar players. Oh, did you ever see, you ever seen this guy? You ever seen that guy? And Mm. and the whole day was just that one idea. That's when sort of research really works. Yeah. When you can find that one thing at the end of the day, the funniest thing is the end of the shoot, he goes, he goes, Hey, and this is in New York. He goes, you know, next time you come to New York, you bring a guitar and you, we'll come over and we'll jam. Damn. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, I was like, I'd love to, but I don't play guitar. Damn. And he was so shocked because we'd spend all day talking about it. Yep. I think he just assumed I did, which I wish I did, because that would be the coolest fucking thing in the world. Hell yeah, man. But, but uh, I, I did not. No, nah, that's a cool story regardless. Um, uh, and it, what are you going to say? No, I think, and it's actually true. Yeah, no, for sure, man. And, um, you know, one project on your website that was um, pretty intense uh, uh, subject was uh, Sister Survivors, which is basically oh, yeah. a portrait series of all the um, the female g- gymnasts that I think were 
um, like sexually yeah. assaulted by that guy Larry Nasser. Um, yeah, was that yeah. like was that like a personal project or what was that? No, that was a pretty intense little thing. Um, if you remember, I think last year at the ESPYS, they they gave the Arthur Ashe Award for Courage to all the victims of the Larry Nasser yep. assault. Yep. And, and, um, they asked me, the essays asked me, would you come and shoot portraits of all the girls, mm-hmm. all the women? And I was like, of course, I mean, it's such an intense subject. And I was like, of course I, I'd be, I'd be honored. Yep. It was a very intense, that is different than that. That was an intense experience. Mm. Um, we also had a very little time to shoot it and it all had to be very sort of, we had to shoot it during the SBs and wow, so it was very, so you're, so you're like, we were backstage basically. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. We had a studio set up backstage yeah. and, uh, and it was, it was, you know, I think we did a hundred and hundred and one people in two hours, I think. Damn, that's you know it, it was it was pretty intense. Like going into that shoot, like what was your goal with that? Be, being that it's such a tense thing, like and then there's so much when you're photographing it. There's there's freaking award show going on behind you. How do you kind of yes. get people to focus in for that short amount of time with so much noise behind them? Like what was your kind well, of your we your we plan? were we were in we were in the like the green room the lounge so we couldn't here like we weren't like just like off the stage but it was still a little yeah um the energy in the room is there's an award show going the energy well you know i didn't you know it's funny when i started the pictures you know if you were to look at them chronologically yeah they started and they're not that way on the website but they start out and they were very serious yeah they were very yeah you know um which is understandable Mm -hmm. but i realized this is not how I want to, I want to sort of portray these women as like survivors yep. and not as victims. I know they're victims, but I don't want them to be all woe is me. Yep. Um, what a horrible thing is. So, so I quickly realized, no, these, so, you know, you, you, I had very little time and you just sort of, I would sit there, I'd introduce myself, they'd come in, I'd say hi. And, yep. You know, and I'd make a little bit of small talk and just try to get some sort of, and some women came in and it was, um, and I'm just really, it was a very personal thing, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I just didn't want it to be all like a downer and all sort of, I wanted these pictures to have life and to have yeah. a bit of, um, celebration to them almost you know because they are survivors and they did survive yeah they're and they're it's like a complexity like obviously they had this horrible thing correct this horrible thing happened to them but they're they're moving on and hopefully they can enjoy their life exactly Uh, yeah exactly it was it was it was one of the more intense experiences i've ever had yeah because like what i was going to ask you is like once you kind of finished a shoot like that what was kind of your takeaway from that experience with interacting with like obviously all these women who've gone through something so terrible um i guess what did you kind of take away from your interactions with all these women i guess hmm that's a good question what did i take away from i don't 
you know, I don't really remember. It was such a heavy, exhausting day (laughs) that it was really just, and also we all had the clock ticking because we only had exactly two hours to do this. Yeah. So it was, I don't really. Yeah, I I get it, man. It's like, it's like a race because it's just like, go. You know, it's like, yeah, 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 it's exactly like, I remember there's certain shoots I've done. Like, I remember I did this photo shoot with Eddie Vedder who I was a big fan of, big fan of. Mm-hmm. And I was so looking forward to it. I was so excited about it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the shoot had was so little time and so rushed and so much anxiety that I didn't really walk away. It wasn't enjoyable. It wasn't, <laughs> you know, yeah, it, yeah, was, it wasn't what you're this like, yeah, sometimes as a photographer, you're this there to execute it. it not, it's not always, right. it's not always a dialogue. Correct. I just, I had a very little time to deliver something mm-hmm. and, um, I did the best I could, you know, it's like, so I think with the Larry Nasser situation, the sister survivors, yeah. I just, it was, it was very heavy and very quick. Yeah. And I did the best I could. Nah, man, they're a powerful series, man. It's a, Thank it, you. any time it's a challenge in photographing that many people in that amount of time. And no, you did a great yeah. job. I really enjoyed it. Um, and Thank I was re- really excited to talk to you. I know you got a new book coming out in October. I, I do. Believe. Uh, it's called. I think no- November fifth. Oh, November fifth. All right, November fifth, and it's it's called "We All Want We All Want Something Beautiful." Correct. Correct. Um. Yeah. Well, what's like the goal with the book? Like, what's what what photos are in it? What was kind of the process of like putting it together? I well, guess. Well, I'll tell you. You know. Um, you know, when I was a young actor running around LA and stuff like that, I I always, even before I was a photographer, I always had this little point and shoot camera with me, because you know I always, you know, I was always into pictures. Even before, long before I was a photographer, I was into pictures, and I had this little point and shoot camera with me all the time, and I would run around. And I was also going out a lot and clubbing and doing all that. And I would just take my camera out, and we're talking like this is early mid '90s, back to the mid 2000s you know before cell phones before anyone had a camera with them at all times you know i was like the only guy running around with a camera some of these things and and i had all these pictures and they were just sort of sitting in a box in in my closet for years and years and no one really knew about them except my really close friends who are mostly in them and then the last couple of years, you know, people sort of heard about them because every once in a while I was posting things on Instagram, you know, a little throwback Thursdays of one of these things. And um, it got some attention from a magazine. They ran a big piece on it. And then that got more attention to people like people, you should do a book, you should do a book because you realize, you know, like these pictures that I took in 1992, mm-hmm. 1995, you realize, fuck, that's a long time ago yeah. now. Yep. And a lot of these people in this book who were really young or unknown or just on the cusp of success or just having the first flush of success, like, you know, DiCaprio or, you know, like a Channing Tatum or Hillary Swank have now become, you know, Academy Award winning superstars. Yeah. You know, and and so so I, I compiled this book. You know, a publisher came to me, we struck a deal, all great, and we designed this beautiful book that ha- is a combination of my portrait work as a professional photographer mm. and 
the um, all these snapshots that most of them have never been seen by anybody. You know, most of them, I really went through all these old proof sheets and, and really dug out shit I'd never seen before. Of yeah. Every, you know, everyone, you know, and then I really expanded it and like really looked into, you know, like, because I still take pictures and I still have my camera with me a lot. So like, what have I done? You know, so I just sort of compiled this combination of these old snapshots and my newer portrait stuff into this book. And, and uh, it's been really an exciting journey to sort of go through these old pictures. And if anyone out there is interested, you can go on my website, randallslavin.com, and there's, this little, there's a folder called... Um, I think it's uh, the book. Yeah, if you click, called, yeah, there's like you got some videos up there talking about it. Right. Yeah, it's really yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting. There's, there's, there's one called book, which I do a little behind the photo series where I'll tell a little back story of some of the pictures. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the interesting about the book and then if you go on a shop page, you can actually pre-order the book. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's interesting is like going through all these pictures, I was so fortunate to be in the right place at a really cool time. Yeah. You know, like I was very, I was very blessed to like, I was living in a shitty apartment in Hollywood and my roommate, and I'm mean, talking like a studio apartment that was a small ass studio apartment two beds in one room and that's it, you know, and like he was a struggling screenwriter and I was delivering pizzas and he ended up like when he, we were living in that apartment, he was working on this script called the usual suspects. So it's like, you know, then that movie turned into obviously this sort of classic movie. You know, I was just very fortunate to be like, sort of at the right place at a really cool time. Yeah, definitely. You know, and the book, the book is a lot of that. I feel, I feel like, you know, like sort of almost like a nineties Hollywood Forrest Gump, of like <laughs> always being some really cool yeah. experiences. And, some, and, and I was fortunate enough to have this little Olympus camera with me, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what, that's what the book is. A lot of, a lot of that, you know, like some really great stuff of like, Wyland and Chris Cornell and, you know, Leo and Charlize and Channing and, and, you know, just some stuff that people have never seen before. And, you know, back when not everybody had an HD camera in their pocket. Yeah, it must, it it must be kind of interesting to be able to, because like, as you, as as you know, as a photographer, you're constantly working, you're, it's, you're moving uh, fast paced all the time, running your business it must have been kind of an enjoyable experience to be able to like sit down, look at all your work and kind of, was it cool to kind of see the progression from like where you started to where you are at now? Well, yeah, that was the interesting thing is that's why I wanted the, because I look at the snapshots and I see the guy who became a photographer, even though when I took those, I wasn't a photographer. Mm Mm-hmm. I see, I was like, oh, you are, this guy, even though he didn't know it, he obviously knew something about composition and, and there's obviously, cause I've seen other people's snapshots and they don't look like mine, yeah. you know? So the, I, I, I think there's an obvious correlation between those pictures and the photographer I became. And that's what I wanted the book to be, mm. but it was really intense. It was really intense and sort of, Special and beautiful to look back on this 
and to go through all these pictures and, and to sort of compile like, Hey, here's what I've been doing the last 20, this is the last 25 years of my life. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it was pretty intense and beautiful. And, and, you know, there's a lot of pictures you'd go through and you're like, you'd see a lot of people who, you know, didn't make it, who aren't around us anymore, you know? And, and, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people who, you know, no one knew about, but were very close friends who didn't make it. And there's others, those sort of famous people like the Cornells and the Wylands and, mm-hmm. you know, who just couldn't get through it. Yeah. You know, it was, it was a pretty intense experience. Yeah, definitely. It's I'm um, looking forward to seeing the book. And you said it'll be out uh, November November fifth. November fifth. November fifth. Perfect. It, you can pre-order it on my website and it's on Amazon, and you'll be able to find it in all your Barnes and Nobles and uh, cool. where finer books are sold. I guess. Yeah, I'll make sure to link it in the d- description and whatnot. Yeah. Um, yeah. A couple more questions. I'll let you go. Uh, all good, buddy. Yeah, I was uh, really excited. You photographed Dennis Hopper. I was curious uh, what yeah. that experience, that guy's just such a legendary uh, actor. I, I loved all his yeah. work. What was kind of your experience working with him, I guess? Well, you know, that was, that was really fucking amazing because like I, as I was an actor and I loved like the fifties and stuff and Dennis came up in the fifties with James Dean and then into the late sixties with easy rider. And then the seventies with apocalypse now. And then in the eighties and nineties with like, when he had this resurgence and like, I was just a massive fan and this magazine called me and said, Hey, do you want to go to Taos, New Mexico to uh, shoot Dennis Hopper? And I was like, fuck yeah. yeah. Oh my God. This is amazing. Yeah. So, so we were, we had this idea, you know, I had this idea. I was like, you know, cause they're like, what do we want this thing to be? And they're like, we'd like to do something with motorcycles. And I was like, Oh, of course. But that sounds so like, basic you know yeah, of course yeah. you're gonna put them on the motorcycle yeah. and i was like but what if we did something like what if we said what if 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 what if this guy didn't die at the end of easy rider where would he be mm-hmm. you know if he didn't die what would where and we pictured him being this guy and who still loves bikes but he's an oldest so so we had this idea with bikes and we get to taos and we're trying to find locations and dennis was a you know before he got sober in the 80s he was a fucking nightmare you know, he was a crazy person running around New Mexico to house. And uh, so we go to different places and we'd, we'd be, we're looking at locations. And we'd be like, oh, this place is great. Um, they'd be like, okay, we're about to lock it down. And they'd be like, who are you shooting? And we'd say, oh, we're shooting Dennis Hopper. And they're like, no, no, no. Really? No, we're not going to. And we're like, what are you talking? And they're like, no, we're not going to work with Hopper. Damn. It was such a fucking nightmare. And that <laughs> happened to us over and it happened to us three times Yeah, where we'd find a location. They'd say, what are you shooting? And we'd say Dennis Hopper. And they're like, no, nah, we're not, it's not going to work out. Wow. That's... So we're really freaking out. And then we had this one guy who were like, cause we found this guy who had a bunch of vintage bikes. Yep. So we're like, all right, let's deal with the bike. Let's go talk to the guy with the bikes. Yep. So we go to find this guy who has these old vintage bikes and he were talking, he goes to his place and he rolls up this garage where he keeps his bikes. And not only is it just a normal garage, it's pretty much a museum to like fifties motorcycle culture. Yeah. It's all these old trophies and even like programs for races and uniforms and banners and, and bikes. 
And we're like, oh my God, this thing is amazing. Was, and so we said to him, I said, can we shoot here? Because this place is incredible. Yep. And he goes, yeah, sure. What are you guys shooting? And we're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and we go, we go, Dennis Hopper. And he's like, great. Yep. Cool. So we're like, great. We'll see you tomorrow. So we're great. We got the bikes. We got the location. And they're at the same place. This is perfect. So Dennis comes the next day. And he was very sweet and very old and very frail. And, uh, and funny little photography thing. Cause you know, we were like, Oh, we want to do, you know, we're going to put you in this clothes and we're going to put in there. He goes, no, I'm not going to change clothes. You know, I'm not going to change. He's not going to do a fashion shoot. He's like, no, I'm just going to wear. Yep. So what we did is we just put a bunch of clothes on him mm-hmm. to start. And then throughout the day, we'd be like, all right, Dennis, why don't you just take off that jacket? And yeah, all right, you take off the jacket. Dennis, why don't you take off these gloves? You know, so we would just sort of take the clothes off him as we went, wow. which gave us sort of different looks. Yeah. Damn. And, uh, and, uh, so we're sitting there and the guy who owns the place, we were using one of his bikes. He goes, Oh, you know, Dennis, I did some uh, motorcycle work on one of your easy rider bikes. Mm-hmm. He goes, really? He goes, yeah. You know, they mentioned this guy and he goes, Oh yeah. He goes, you know, I didn't know those easy rider bikes were going to be so such a big deal. Mm-hmm. He goes, that bike I sold for a conch belt and a bag of cocaine. <laughs> And that, that guy whose house we ended up doing by, uh, motorcycle work on one of Dennis's old, and it was great. And it was a great day and I have great memories and great pictures of us. And, yeah. and, uh, and like, I think it was maybe like a year later yeah. that Dennis sort of announced that he was battling cancer and things weren't looking well. And then he passed away shortly after that. Yeah. So it was definitely one of those moments where you're like, yeah, that's the thing about photography. It gives you access to so much incredible stuff. Yeah, definitely. You know, you know, and that's what I love so much about it, is that it gives you access to, like, things and people that, you know, yeah. you, most people don't yeah. have the privilege of experiencing. Hell yeah, man. You you're, know? you're sitting, the photos are sick. Like, you're, you're in the middle of, like, the New Mexico <laughs> desert with, Dennis Hopper, like it's crazy. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, it was it? pretty cool. It was um, pretty cool. Um, it was pretty cool. He did not. I tell you, we bought cigars for him, and he was not happy with our cheap ass cigars we got him. <laughs> he, he smoked them, but he was like, "These are fucking garbage." Yeah, man. He's been. Yeah, smoking. they probably were. We, we probably got him at like Seven Eleven or something. I don't know. That's brutal. He was not. He was not happy about that. That's hilarious. Um, but I guess to wrap up, uh, Randall, I guess you've been doing this for a while. What kind of keeps you excited about photography and like any kind of goals for your work moving forward, I guess? What keeps me excited? You know, like I, I guess the whole theme from this has been about connection. You know, what keeps me interested in it is just connecting with new people and meeting new people. You know, like I never get tired of that. I never get tired of getting introduced to somebody and experiencing their energy and their power and their work, you know, that's what excites me. And that's what keeps me excited. Every time I pick up a camera, but like, all right, what am I going to get? Mm-hmm. Who am I going to get? Who's going to be sitting in front of me? That's what I love. Mm-hmm. And that's what well, I'll, I don't think I'll ever get tired of. Perfect. Well, well, uh, Randall, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to do this. Oh, really, my pleasure, buddy. Real pleasure talking to you. And for uh, people listening, like, where's the best place to check out your work? 
Uh, you can always check my workout at randallslavin.com, R-A-N-D-A-L-L-S-L-A-V-I-N, or, you know, my Instagram, which is randallslavin. And, uh, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. And the book book drops November 5th. I'll link it and people can November 5th. People can go check it out. And, uh, thanks again, Randall. Oh, my pleasure, buddy. All right. Take care, man. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode with Randall Slavin. Hope you enjoyed it. I actually want to tell you about a new image transfer tool I've been using lately called PicDrop. PicDrop's a really great tool for whenever you need to send off your files to your clients or whoever you're working with. You can create private galleries, different folders for whatever various assignments you're working on. And your clients can actually write notes on the photos you sent to them and rate them. It's just a really easy way to organize your stuff all in one spot. Um, for, for years, I was using like Dropbox and WeTransfer and things like that. But with PicDrop, it was actually designed by photographers, so they really understand what photographers need. And for me, I've been using it for uh, for a few months now, and it's really just kind of helped me streamline my workflow and keep everything organized in one spot. So I can't say enough about it. And actually, with today's podcast, if you enter the promo code PHOTOBANTER when you sign up at PicDrop.com, you're going to get three months free of the PicDrop image transfer tool so definitely go check it out and let me know what you guys think and remember to enter the promo code photobanter and you'll get three months free when you sign up at pickdrop.com and also just have to give a big thank you to our guest randall slavin uh, it was a real pleasure talking to him about everything he's done over the course of his career um this amazing work on there he's just photographed so many amazing uh people uh, really amazing portraits uh, definitely go check out randall's website at randallslavin.com as well as his instagram at randallslavin um, lots of cool work up there he's always updating it so definitely go check that out i'll put the link in the, the description um, but i can't thank him enough and as always i'll be having weekly podcasts every monday on itunes spotify soundcloud as well as my website alexgagnephoto.com and on my instagram at alexgagnephoto thanks so much for listening and take care